What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 213 of Smack Talk, presented by SmartOutMoment.com. I am Tony Mango, your host of the panel, and joining me on the mic for this episode is Mike Payton. Ooh. Steven Wago. Hey, Tony panel. I didn't say it this time, did I? Yeah, you did. I don't think I did. Everybody's you did. rewinding 15 seconds to check it out. Oh, well, I'm not editing uh, it out anyway. So. Uh, if it is... Good, it's a good job you didn't do it, though. Damn it. <laughs> <sighs> and Drew White. <laughs> Lucha Booty. Yes. Amen. Church. So, oh, all right. Well, weird episode starting off already. We're doing this actually after the Monday Night Raw post show. So it kind of goes into that weird Tuesday territory, I guess, technically, because it's 1 a.m. 1.30 a.m. actually. Uh, but for our main event for this episode, we're going to do NXT TakeOver predictions because that's coming up Wednesday afternoon, and we needed to make sure that we got this done well in advance before that. We have the hot tags coming up in part two. Rest hold break is in part three. Fantasy League is at the end of the show. Part one is the way that it always is. Kicking this off with the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. <laughs> for those who are joining us for the first time and don't know what the hell the Ask Him is, it's pretty simple. Two questions that tie in together in some way. First question goes to the panel. Second question goes to the audience. And before we get into this week's set of questions, we need to backtrack to last week, tell you the answers for those. They were chairs match related because we had TLC stuff and I did a tables one, a ladders one, and a chairs one. Question to the panel was, who participated in the first ever chairs match in WWE? That was Undertaker defeating Batista in 2009's TLC event. Question to the audience was, who is the only wrestler to have had two chairs matches in WWE? That was Big Show. Uh, he won both of them, and in both scenarios, he won slash retained a championship, the World Heavyweight Championship. He defeated Mark Henry in 2011 and Sheamus in 2012. So Big Show's got a good track record with that. Nice job, Big Show. Let's see who says what here. Silent Way to Doom says, Wow, I finally answer right after it got posted, and I have no I cl uh, no clue what the answer is. I'm going to make a random guess that it's Ginger Butters with a beard, Sheamus. No, Sheamus was only in that one match uh, where he lost to Big Show. He also says, Fuck Lanny Poffo, fuck superstar Billy Graham, fuck Tony's Tots, and I fucking love whoever gave Sean the cocaine before this episode. <laughs> Yeah, we recorded last week's, like, uh, in the middle of the day, and Sean was all high-strung, wired, and full of energy and whatever. I usually get Sean when he's, like, what is it, like, 6 a.m. there or something like that? Something yeah. like that. So close to it. Does. <clears throat> That's an excuse for Sean. Uh, Watchman King says, well, it's the big show. Very glad that you did that, too. Christopher Marin says, finally, a question I can answer. Big show, back-to-back, 2011-2012. Marin's got that right. And he also says, the first world title ladder match was Shawn Michaels defeating Goldust on Experience in 1996. Huh. Didn't know that. Interesting. Thank you for that, Christopher. Peter Piccinini says, was it the big show? I mean, Tony's hint was he left with the title. I was at 12 when show beat Sheamus, but the year before show beat Henry and Brian cashed in. That is correct. So the hint of leaving it up there, I'm overthinking that it's a Tony clue. Uh, final answer is big show. Yes, it is big show. And Bobby Lesnar, 86 
says Big Show won in 2011 against Mark Henry in 2012 against Sheamus. So, yeah, all right. Nice job, guys. Everybody gets this correct, I think. Awesome. So we're going to move on to Slammy Awards questions because the Slammy Awards are coming up next week. So we need to little have a little like preparation before that. Question to you guys. Question to the panel. Which wrestler has won the Superstar of the Year Slammy Award three times? John Cena. It's John Cena, 2009, 2010, 2012. So the question to the audience. Who has won the most amount of Slammy Awards? If you think you know the answer or you want to take a guess, leave a comment below, send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim, or leave a comment on SmartOutMoment.com itself next week, tell you the answer and anything else we did to tell you. And we're going to roll along right now in part two with the hot tags of the week. Stay tuned on iTunes and Stitcher, on YouTube, just click on part two and we'll see you there. Welcome back. We are on part two, the hot tags of the week. Some different rumors, stories, or interesting little tidbits of info that has happened over the past couple of days that we want to toss out to you guys to just have a little bit of a general discussion about. First thing we're going to talk about is probably the oldest story here, and it's kind of passed by already, but I still think we have to mention it because it's just so freaking weird. Jake the Snake Roberts posted a video where he shows off these uh, condoms, and he says that he's going to give Bray Wyatt a gum job. What the hell? So D, uh, DDD, DDP yoga didn't really work for him, did it? Well, see, originally people were worried that he had just, like, been drunk off his mind and that this was, you know, a video he posted when he was out of it or whatever. And then he said afterward that he wasn't. He just thought that it would be a funny joke, but clearly nobody else thinks it's funny. Dude, everybody thinks that this is fucking creepy. What is the rationality behind this thing? You know, we talk about people who are old and out of touch. I think Jake the Snake Roberts is really old and out of touch when it comes to that kind of stuff. No, you know what? I think this is just the kind of humor that these guys have all the time backstage. And we just don't see it very much. And now it is because of all the (laughs) present day social media options especially someone like jake the snake who's someone from the past and you say it's out there yeah jake the snake was out there he was a weird dude always was especially now that he's getting into his old days only gonna be weirder i just was not expecting this i mean they've talked about how they oh, appreciate I'm, I'm, bray wyatt's character and stuff like that quite a bit so i i understand that they're like fans of him and stuff but for it to be like you know i got us garlic flavored condoms and I'm going to wear this for you and I'm going to give you a gum job. And he's like laying in bed with his sleep apnea machine on. It was just like, what the fuck were you thinking, dude? This was beyond odd. Wingo, what do you think about it? What happened when that went through your mind when you were watching this? Or did you thankfully not watch it? I read the description and I just clicked off the page. (laughs) Smart man. (laughs) I... Don't really know what to make of it. Maybe the alcohol and the drugs have rotted his brains over the years. Maybe he thought this was funny. Maybe he just did it to fuck with people. I don't know. I don't know, but somebody was filming it. So at least one other person thought that this was funny. <laughs> I'm really yeah, curious it was probably Scott was. Hall. <laughs> this is- I think he would have been giggling if it would have been that <laughs> I just think that this was so frigging weird, and uh, I don't know if I recommend it to people to watch. Like, if you are 
you know, if you want to kind of scare yourself and have nightmare fuel, go ahead and watch it. I would suggest just skipping it. Don't. It's weird. It's really odd. Um, that happened a couple of days ago. That was, uh, you know, an older story, but I thought it was weird enough we had to mention it here. So let's get into some of the more recent stuff. There's a petition to remove Donald Trump from the WWE Hall of Fame. WWE actually addressed it today, and they said, we don't really want to get into politics. We're not going to do anything like that. So I got two questions for you guys. Number one, what do you think about the petition in general? Is it just bullshit? And two, should WWE do it? Or are they kind of, I don't know, they're seeming a little bit weird that they would potentially remove Hulk Hogan from the Hall of Fame, but they don't want to say anything about Donald Trump. It's uh, very interesting, but the people who are probably saying they don't want Donald Trump to be in the Hall of Fame, they want him taken out, are probably the same ones who are just complaining about it because he's running for president. A lot. Of, there's some people that like Donald, and there's a lot of people that hate him, so not surprised that a bunch of butter WWE fans don't want him in the Hall of Fame. Well, they're saying because he's like, he's talking about Muslims and that he's talking about like putting up a fence and, uh, well, you know. Yeah, people could take that as being racist, but to be honest with you, I don't really consider him an actual presidential threat. I think he's just a part of it to stir the pot, if you really think about it. No, I mean, we can get into politics and all that other kind of stuff for a whole other discussion, maybe an all talk show later on or something. Yeah, that, but, that's disgusting. But. When it comes to his words and stuff like that, should he be potentially removed from the Hall of Fame, or is that just going overboard? What do you think, Peyton? No, this is stupid. I mean, you can make a petition for whatever you want these days. It doesn't mean it has mm. any credibility. This is just a bunch of haters who just want to try to do a thing like, oh, look, uh, we're going to try to stick it in the craw of Donald Trump. It's not going to get any legs. Now, do you think that there's any kind of hypocrisy between the Hogan thing and Trump? They're both no. racially based or both Hall of Fame related. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's a difference. See, Donald Trump is doing this to win the hearts of a nation. Hulk Hogan was doing it as a total douchebag to impress some hag. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day. Also, one's employed, one isn't by the company. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not like Donald Trump is out there advocating WWE as like some product where he's a part of the company. This is a long time ago when he was inducted. It was actually, fuck, it was only a few years ago. It's not that big of a deal. And considering how much that pay-per-view drew, yeah, he does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, as far as the celebrity win goes. My kind of stance on this whole thing is, I don't, I mean, I'm not voting for Donald Trump, I'll just say that, I think he's kind of ridiculous and stuff, and I don't really even know exactly what he's said, because I just haven't paid any attention, I don't give a shit, it's all just noise. But I don't think that pretty much anybody should be taken out of the Hall of Fame unless you do something along the lines of like what Benoit would have, you know, like if he would have been in the Hall of Fame ahead of time, then they should have removed him from that. Even Hulk Hogan, like as bad as it is, I don't think you should remove him from the Hall of Fame. You just don't endorse him. And it's not like the Hall of Fame is sitting there going like, you know, every year that we have the Hall of Fame, we they run a video package about specifically how great Hulk Hogan is or something. They just take him out of the video packages or something, you know? So Donald Trump doesn't need to get taken out of the Hall of Fame. Relax, everybody. He's not going to be president. Calm down. Uh, now, if it's a different story later on, if he starts bad-mouthing WWE stuff or something like that, then maybe, I don't know. But for now, settle down on the petition stuff. 
Move on to another one, though, here. Uh, Rey Mysterio has signed with Lucha Underground for Season 2. Peyton, I'm going to go straight to you on this one because you are a resident Lucha Underground guy. What do you think? Good decision? Bad decision? How's the injury going to affect him? What do you like to see him do in the future, etc.? I think it's kind of weird that they're just announcing this now. If you've watched Lucha Underground at the end of their season finale last year, uh, Ultima Lucha, it ended with a tease of Rey Mysterio coming in. So I would have assumed all this was already lined up. Uh, maybe they were just waiting until now to announce it. I would assume this was signed a while ago. There was those uh, string of rumors recently that he was signing back with WWE, which I really didn't believe for a minute. And then he just come down with an injury too. Yep. Yep. That's interesting. Um, as far as his part in it, I mean, maybe they've already gotten most of it. I know they started filming a couple months ago and they're going to continue filming. It's not a short term filming project. They'll be continuing filming all the way until like the summer. So it's, uh, there's time for him to recover and possibly get back in the mix before the end of the season finale there. Or he, maybe he already played his part. Would you like to see him wrestle or would you would rather have him as like a manager or like a just an on-screen sort of GM or whatever? Well, he could definitely still go, especially in that Lucha style. Uh, there's a fantastic match of him and, and Miss Disease down from Mexico that I watched recently. He still has it in him, but if they did transition him into a manager role, I mean, he's not a particularly great talker. Maybe, maybe he'll fit that style better there. Maybe if he goes into his Spanish speaking more, he'll be more comfortable. You know who actually impressed me there is Conan. Like I always hated Conan as a wrestler, but they made him a manager type role on Lucha Underground. And I actually like him. He walks around with his cane. He's kind of like this mafioso type guy. Hmm. Still got to check that out. I'll have to binge watch season one. You better hurry up, man. Season two <laughs> starts next month. Mm, all right, I'll have to binge watch season one and season two in a, in a couple of months. <laughs> How many uh, episodes did they do for Lucha Underground for the first season? Um, 60 or so? No, it wasn't even that many. Yeah, I was about to say if it was six, I'm like, fuck, they're probably not more than one a week at that rate. No, it was a little less than a year, so it was probably like 30, 40, somewhere in there. Mm. Yeah, there goes the idea of binge watching. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Tony, yeah. there was quite a few episodes. You're you're gonna have to binge watch it's, for a long fucking time. It's not really something you could. Be, I would just watch Ultima Lucha, hmm. what what both parts because it's a two part show. So make sure you're watching both part one and part two. Just watch that, and it'll get you pretty much up to speed with what went down in season one, what they're setting up for season two, who the major players are, and you should be set. I'll binge watch those two. That'll count. Yeah. Wego, do you think you have any interest in checking out Mysterio for Lucha Underground? I like Lucha Underground. I'm not a diehard fan like Peyton is, so I'm glad they've got a bit more star power. I've already read spoilers for what he's done in there, so um, I'm interested. Drew, any thoughts on this? Uh, not really. Mysterio is a guy who's going to get injured anyways, but I it's not making me more interested to check out uh, Lucha Underground. However, it's fine for what it is. He, You're gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say he has a uh, he has an audience, he has a fan base. There's an appeal to him. It makes sense for him to go there and for them wanting to have him there. Totally agreed. So the next thing that I want to throw out here is not really so much as something that we can have much of a discussion about. It's just more of a news little tidbit that I want to just. Uh, put out there for people that are interested in new stuff. NXT TakeOver Dallas has been announced for April 1st, uh, right before WrestleMania. Good idea, bad idea, any interest? Anybody want to tag it for anything, or should we just move right on? It's a good idea. You know, they're selling the whole weekend experience for it. 
is the following day uh, uh, WrestleMania? It's two days later. WrestleMania is the third. So they're doing it on a Friday then, right? Yep. It's, it's interesting. You know, it makes sense for them wanting to. I know a while back they tried to like, I forget what they did, but I remember something for WrestleMania 31. There was some weird thing going on where they signed a contract with San Francisco or that general area. And a lot of smaller shows weren't able to like uh, do a shows there like they usually do for WrestleMania. So it makes sense for them wanting to like bring NXT. There's going to be a big audience there. A lot of people tune in like, hey, man, let's check out this other thing. It's supposed to be a lead up to WrestleMania. Makes perfect sense for them to do it. Thumbs up on my end. Peyton Wigo, we got any opinions on this? Word. Neat. At the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just them trying to cash in on WrestleMania. Yeah, and it's a good idea, I think. Uh, speaking of NXT, fans, well, originally the report was that it was two fans. Now it's coming out that it maybe was just one. I don't know why people are, you know, they get confused about these things anyway. If you watched it, you saw whether it was one guy or two guys or whatever, but... A fan jumped a barricade at an NXT live event, tried to get into the ring again, and we've talked about this over and over again. I mean, this is just something that's been happening quite a bit lately, and I just kind of wanted to mention that it's happened yet again. I don't know what's going on with these fans, but this past, like, six months or so, like, people are doing this way too often, and you're all fucking idiots anyway. <laughs> does, I, does this. I can tell you what it is. It's uh, one fan going, oh, man, this guy did this. I'm going to do it too. Yeah, follow the leader type of crap, which I hope that nobody follows that one guy that was hanging out on the headquarters or whatever. I don't know. Lita and AJ Lee have a pretty big fan base. There's probably another one like him out there. God, just, yeah, if anybody's out there thinking about doing this kind of stuff, don't. It's not funny, and you're not cool for doing it, and you're just going to get arrested or worse. You might get your ass kicked and arrested, you know. Just knock it off. Anybody want to tag in on that? All right, I didn't think so. Daniel Bryan is working on a compromise, according to one of his latest interviews with WWE for in-ring action. He says that his brain is better off than people with no concussion history around his same age. So uh, we've talked about Daniel Bryan here and there, and we've gone all over the place from should he be allowed to wrestle? If he is, then what should he be coming back at? And, you know, all this other kind of stuff. So I don't want to retread the same ground, but I'm really curious about one aspect of this, and that's when he says that they're working on a compromise for in-ring action. Peyton, what do you think a compromise would be in that scenario? Because if he wrestles, he wrestles, right? Wouldn't that just be you either sign off or you don't? Not necessarily. You can wrestle and you can go into a different style. You could work a specific schedule. Um, for instance, they were actually just talking about this on one of the recent Stone Cold podcasts about how a lot of doctors were originally really hesitant to let him return to action after his first neck injury because they think, oh, wrestling, this has got to be super high impact. Like, they think of, think of football players who are constantly getting destroyed and hurt. But then he explained to them, like, no, listen, like, you know, I could just avoid taking certain bumps and I can do things in a way where I won't be put in as much danger. So that's what that could mean. As far as what it does mean, I think this is all bullshit. I'm, I'm tired of hearing these dirt sheet reports about Daniel Bryan. I'll believe it when I see him on my TV saying that he's returning in a match or he's retiring. Uh, that's what me. I'm waiting for. Part of me wants to believe he's just trying to stir the pot up, make people not believe he's not returning, and then eventually he does. I part of me really believes that's just what WWE is doing with him. 
Well, see, every time that he does an interview, he says the same stuff about how he wants to get in the ring. So I don't think he's trying to make it seem like well, he's not coming back. I think that's he's the vibe to... I've been getting from Daniel Bryan. I get the vibe that he wants to wrestle more than mm -hmm. anything right now, and he's just being stopped. Right. Um. And so I think if this continues, you, you might see Daniel Bryan like wait out his contract and go elsewhere, or even ask for a release. It's definitely a possibility because if they don't ever let him wrestle again and he doesn't have anything else that he's going to do and that's what he wants to do, I mean, Bree's still in the company. He's probably in a position where he could leave on good terms and just come back again later on. And if he wants to wrestle and WWE doesn't want to let him, he goes to an indie thing, he makes whatever money he makes there, and WWE's off the table, like they, they're not liable for anything. Or, you know, I could see that being a possibility. But the idea that he's working on a compromise is just confusing to me because I, I look at that as just like if WWE didn't sign him or not sign him, they, of course he signed. If they didn't give him the permission to wrestle by now, then I think if we don't see him at the Royal Rumble, we don't see him ever again. And this idea of a compromise might just be Daniel Bryan talking out of his ass kind of. <laughs> he might just be a man, you know, trying whatever you can to wrestle like you guys said so mm -hmm. really you just gotta wait until it actually happens to make a final decision but hoping mm -hmm. that this leads to something good one of my favorite wrestlers would love to see him wrestle more and we should definitely put it out there Daniel Bryan can talk about this all he wants Dirt Sheets can talk about whatever we can even talk about it on Smack Talk as much as we want or whatever like that when it comes to the Royal Rumble everybody especially this year don't get your hopes up that Daniel Bryan is wrestling. If he does wrestle, that is awesome, and we're all going to mark out, and it's going to be a great moment to hear his music and have him come out and kick a bunch oh, of ass and stuff. Oh, but dude, if he's not going to win, you can't have him in the match. Even then, I think that you could do that if you make a heel eliminate him, but if he does, you know, if we get to number 30 and there's no Daniel Bryan surprise, I don't want to see people all pissed off again, you know? Don't ruin three... Well, they didn't ruin the first time around. They ruined last year. But this time around, don't ruin it again. Daniel Bryan's not the end-all, be-all. So hopefully, either he's able to return and he does, which is cool, or if he doesn't, the fans are more receptive to the idea of somebody else winning, because it's probably not going to be Daniel Bryan. So... Make sure you leave your comments below. Tell us what you think about these hot tags and anything else that have happened that you want to get our opinions about. Leave those in the comments below as well. We'll try to leave some comments and replies to those little suggestions you've got. We're going to take a break with the rest hold in part three, and then we're going to come back and start talking about NXT takeover predictions. So click on part three. Check out that Did You Know, the comment of the week, and everything else that's coming in that segment, and keep on rolling on with Smack Talk. Welcome to the Rest Hole. This is the part of the program that acts as a commercial break and fills you in on everything that you need to be aware of that's going down in the world. A smart out moment for this week and throws in some other segments as well that don't have a home elsewhere on the show. First things first, I need to talk about a feedback survey that I put up a couple weeks ago. If you guys haven't filled that out yet, I'd greatly appreciate that. So check it out and make sure that you tell us how we can fix anything that you think is a problem with Smack Talk and Smart Out Moment, how we can improve, and how we can make 2016 the best year ever for all these different projects. And that kind of takes us into the other thing here. The Smart Out Moment Awards for 2015 
are up. You can vote on a whole bunch of different categories. The best and the worst segment, the best and the worst did you know, the outros, your favorite co-hosts, and all these other kind of things on the wrestling side of things too. So make sure that you start voting for that because the poll shut off on December 27th. That brings us into outside interference, and I wrote a couple things for e-wrestling news, and I'm going to write some more as well. We got some stuff about TLC, the three count of that. We got some things coming up about the superstars missing from TakeOver, predictions for the top stars of TakeOver. Going to start getting into Slammy Award stuff too, so go to eWrestlingNews.com and go to Bleacher Report to check out my post-pay-per-view stuff as well. Mark my words for this week is going to Silent Wind of Doom for his comment, Baron Corbin, the one to watch, because if you don't watch closely, you won't even know he exists. Sean's going to get a little bit sad about that comment, but it's true, and it made me laugh. So Silent Wind of Doom gets the comment of the week, and thank you to not only Silent Wind of Doom, but also to all the others who participated in the conversations all across all the different platforms we have if you want to know which ones those are, then you can check out the YouTube screen right now because they're all listed there. One of those in particular is our Facebook group, The Mega Maniacs. If you want to goof off throughout the week with us, that's the place you got to be. Facebook.com slash group slash The Mega Maniacs. Next week's main event is going to be the December mailbag. So if you have any questions that you want to submit to us, whether it's wrestling related or not, go ahead, fill up our inbox by going to the contact form at smartgapmoment.com. And once you shoot us that email, I'll send that into our little backlog here. And next week, we'll get around to answering everything that you send our way. And if you happen to be going to a wrestling event of any kind anytime soon, bring a sign that says Smart Out Moment to that. And underneath the Sign Me Up initiative, if you send a video or a picture of yourself to me, I'll give you a spotlight on the website and on the next episode of Smack Talk. And if you could try to help us out on the monetary side of things, give a little bit when it comes to your wallet, then there are a couple ways in which you can do that. Patreon.com slash Moment. PayPal donation button at the bottom of smartoutmoment.com and the YouTube channel's fan funding module. Obviously, guys, we understand that not everybody can do this, but there are ways that you can help support us by doing things like sharing our videos and giving us a like, a follow, a favorite, subscribing on all of our different videos. Every single one of those helps so much. And it's a good way to help spread the word about us so we can get more followers and, you know, obviously make more money and uh, it kind of all cycles around like that. And that applies to the things that aren't Smart Out Moment as well. Fanboys Anonymous, that's our geek culture website where we talk about all the movies and comic books and stuff that we're interested in, TV shows, video games, whatnot. So if you are interested in that kind of stuff, you definitely got to check out our podcasts. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.com slash Fanboys Anonymous. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Help us out. Give us thumbs up on those things as well. And keep your eyes peeled for an all-talk show. All those things are at all-talk show. You never know when it's going to pop up. So who knows? Maybe Christmas season? Maybe that'll be a little gift. I don't know. Lastly, if you are interested in joining the Smart Out Moment team as a writer, an editor, or something else for that matter, send in your application using the contact form of the website, and I'll get back to you with more information as soon as I can, and that'll do us in for this week's Rest Hold. Thank you for listening, everybody. We have to get into our NXT TakeOver predictions, so part four coming up next. Click on that video, and we'll see you there. We're going to start getting into our NXT TakeOver London predictions right now, and we're going to start off with probably my least favorite match of the night that I'm not really that interested in, but I'm curious to see if anybody else really is. I'm sort of assuming that maybe Wego would be. 
But that's Emma versus Asuka. And Wego, I know that you've got a big crush on Asuka right now. Are you actually interested in the match, or are you just interested in checking out Asuka? I'm interested in seeing Asuka's ass. Asuka. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as the match goes, I'm sure it won't be bad. It's pretty much just going to be a squash match for Asuka, and that's mm. fine. Um, I love her shtick. It's great. Ah, shtick. Yeah, that's that's kind of my gripe about it, though. I mean, I'm not really expecting this to be more than a squash match, so I, I can't get too invested in it. But I definitely do agree Asuka's winning here. Peyton going with Asuka as well? Absolutely, it's Asuka, but I actually expect this to be her most competitive match she's had to date. I think majority of her matches have been primarily not even squash matches. She actually still lets the most people she fights give her a decent amount of offense. Yeah, even more than, like, Nia Jax does. Nia Jax has been more of the squash match type. Like, Asuka will actually be the kind to actually grapple around with them for a little bit. This match I'm actually looking forward to because they've been building it for a while. At the last special, they had Asuka versus Dana Brooke, and they've they just been having them mess with each other every week leading up to this. And Asuka's just been clawing, waiting for her chance to get revenge on Emma for talking down to her and patting her on the head and all the other mean things that her and David Brooke have done her. So this will be a nice payoff for a, a lengthy feud that has been fairly enjoyable. And I think these two are good in-ring talented divas. A lot of people are trying to say that the women's division is done down in NXT, and I couldn't disagree more because the, these two are two excellent women that got down there, and I think they're going to have an excellent match. Drew, agree, disagree? What's your level of expectations for this match? Um, probably just going to go and expecting a match for the most part. Maybe we'll be good, maybe we won't. We'll just have to see and find out. You going with uh, Asuka as well? Yeah, because why would Emma win? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there is a possibility that maybe something will happen. Maybe, like, Dana Brooke uh, distracts distracts the referee and Emma gets, like, a a quick roll-up or something like that. They they could do that if they want to drag it out, but I got to imagine this is just going to be Asuka beating the shit out of Emma. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Hopefully Emma doesn't wear white. That's Del Rio's. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, the easiest one to call for the whole uh, night. The other matches that we have could go kind of either way. And uh, when we get into those, we're going to give our predictions for all those going down the line here. This is part four right now that you're listening to. Part five, six, seven, and eight are all going to be talking about the rest of the matches. So with all of those, leave your comments below. Tell us what you think is going to end up happening and whether or not you're excited for it too. So do you think Asuka's going to beat Emma or do you think Emma's got a shot? Maybe she's got that cane in her. I don't know. And if uh, you are sort of leaning towards this being a really good match or a bad match, let us know that as well. We're going to continue on here. Part five is going to be about the Tag Team Championship. So click on that if you're on YouTube and if you're on iTunes and Stitcher. As I mentioned before, all you got to do is sit back and relax and we'll be right back. Next up in our lineup is going to be the Tag Team Championship. Dash and Dawson are defending against Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy. The first thing I can think of when it comes to this match is the people that I think should win probably aren't going to. The track record that Enzo and Cass have is just piss poor when it comes to this. They seem to be perpetually the ones that are so close and yet so far. Does anybody think that they're actually going to win this time? Or is this another thing where they're... Just setting up Dash and Dawson, they look better, and then they drop them to uh, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. 
No, I absolutely think this is going to Enzo and Cass. I think this is finally their time. It would be about time. It would be about time. I also think it feels kind of weird to do it now. Like, it, it almost feels like a case of when they put a, tag, a belt on a tag team far after what was their height of being over. You know, right. kind of like they did it with the prime time players. Or, like, I think even with the Usos, they waited way too long. But um, better late than never, I suppose. Uh, but at, you're, you're darn right. The hot team right now is Jordan and Gable, and the smart idea would be to put the belts on them. But I, I think it's going to be Enzo and Cass taking it for tonight. I think London will love it, e- even if it's for a short reign. Like maybe they'll lose them some point between now and Dallas. Yeah, if that's the next one, because I would assume that that would be the next takeover. That is, they announced that for that time period. They could throw another one out there, but. They only do a couple of years, so Dallas is probably going to be that last one. That's a long time for them to keep the same exact champions and stuff. And there's definitely a possibility that Enzo and Cass could win the titles here, drop it to Dash and Dawson in, like, I don't know, the end of uh, January, maybe, or middle of February. And then Dash and Dawson built back up again, and then, you know, Jordan and Gable around Dallas. Definitely a possibility. And if they don't go with Enzo and Cass... I mean, there's some options that they can uh, play around with and stuff, but kind of sticking on you for right now, Peyton, do you think that if they go with Enzo and Cass, it's going to kind of kill the uh, momentum for Gable and Jordan? Oh, hell no. I mean, there's no reason you couldn't do Enzo and Cass against Jordan and Gable at Dallas. I mean, if if that's going to be the one that's around WrestleMania, presumably you're going to want that to be your biggest takeover of the year, too. Why not do uh, one of your you know, your two biggest tag teams down there going against each other. Very true. Wait, what do you think? Is this going to be the, finally the time that Enzo and Cass win or are Dash and Dawson going to still retain? I reached the point with these guys that I have with several other wrestlers where they've been given so many opportunities and come so close that I don't care anymore. It'd be nice if they did it. I think it'd redeem them some, but I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Gable ended up like retaining the titles again. Gable doesn't have the titles. Sorry, like winning the winning the match. <laughs> Gable retains both of the titles that he doesn't have. <laughs> it's like Dash and Dawson. Dash and Dawson Sorry, go out there. They wrestle Enzo and Cass. Gable just walks out with both the belts, and they're like, "How the fuck does this happen?" And he's like, "I don't know, but I win." I had Gable in my head for some reason. <laughs> That's a, you know, honestly, that's how over he is right now. That they could do that, and everyone would be like, "Yeah, woo!" <laughs> yeah, dude, Gable just won the tag titles. Nah, dude, he didn't win them; he retained them. <laughs> See, that's how little I give a shit about this tag division right now. It is a weird tag division in NXT. Like they went from having the Ascension, who were really like they, you know, they seemed awesome in NXT, and that's speaking from somebody who didn't like them at first. And this this year has been weird, like. Multiple times they've had Enzo and Cass as the team that seems like the the obvious choice. And then they go with somebody else, like Blake and Murphy. And even though I like the Vaude Villains, they didn't seem like they were the right choice around that time. We went with the Lucha Dragons, and I don't know what they're thinking about that. I'll tell you what they're thinking. They know that Enzo and Cass are over on their own, and they don't need the titles. So they want to develop these other tag teams, give them titles, so they have a division. And, just, and because of that, they do. There's a lot of good tag teams right now. I just hope that they don't take I, that philosophy and apply it again and go, well, Enzo and Cass 
uh, still don't win it, and Jordan and Gable are already over, why don't we give it to the Hype Bros? You know what I mean? I'm a firm believer that the man makes the title, the title doesn't make the man, so I don't agree with booking that way. Well, Drew, what do you think about this? Are you a fan of either Dash and Dawson or Enzo and Cass? Yeah, I like both teams. And to be honest with you, I don't really see Enzo and Cass winning the titles here. I think they're a team that they definitely could call up right after WrestleMania. Mainly if the New Day is still as hot as they were right now. I could definitely would be interested in seeing Enzo and Cass just going off the mic against uh, New Day. I think that's something that they might try to pull really soon. So I think... uh, uh, Dash and Dawson are going to retain her. Well, there's a good question. Who would you guys rather see go up to the main roster? Would it be Enzo and Cass, or would it just be uh, Jordan and Gable? Jordan and Gable shouldn't be brought up yet. Enzo and Cass should go up. Enzo and Cass have almost overstayed the welcome. Mm-hmm. Glad to see everybody's yeah, got the Zoe same team. idea. Yeah, Enzo and Cass team? are main roster ready. I, I, yeah, I would say Blake and Murphy. Really, Blake and Murphy? They're 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 a really tight team, especially mm-hmm. ever since they brought Alexa Bliss into the mix. They got it down, man. I mean, they got that great entrance. They got their look in. I like how they've been shaking up their outfits with like different themes every once in a while. Like they did Freddy Krueger, and they did like a Superman thing one week. I tell you, who I, really, I really likes the Freddy Krueger? Alexa Bliss really likes the Freddy Krueger. <laughs> she was doing that that hand thing so much that day. Mm-hmm. And she looks hot in it. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. I'm up with them uh, bringing Bamf up if it means we get more Alexa Bliss. I don't know about Blake and Murphy, though. (laughs) And it would introduce a new diva, too. And I wouldn't consider her, like, a force to be reckoned with in the main roster divas division, but she could. she's at least a fresh face, even if she's not wrestling on the roster. She's at least a really pretty face. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, she's hot. Hopefully, if they do. So we all agree that Gable retains. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Gable's coming out there. The yeah, Gable <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully if they call anyone up, they don't do, like, uh, right before rest, uh, Royal Rumble like they did with the fucking Ascension last year. Mm-hmm. At least wait till after Mania. Yeah, because this is not the time to bring up a new... Well, actually, you know what? Now that we have all these injuries, maybe they could do a better job with it. But I still think after Mania is a better idea. All sort of depends on when they're expecting certain people back. Because if we get, like, Cesaro and we get possibly Seth Rollins, I don't know, and a couple other people, they're going to run out of spots, and they already have a couple people that they're not using. The Ascension hasn't done shit. I, I tell you what Enzo and Cass comes up to the main roster, SummerSlam next year. In uh, New York? They're going to be, yeah, they're going to be in Brooklyn again. Mm, definitely a possibility. And if they haven't come up to the main roster before that, then holy shit do they need to. <laughs> This is WWE. They'll debut them, like, the next night on Raw when they're somewhere else. They'll wait until they're in, like, Bemidji or something. <laughs> or Sioux City. Yeah, Sioux City again. Ugh. Bemidji? Is that even a real town? Yeah, Bemidji, isn't that something? I think it is. I don't know. I said, you cracked up at me for saying Flint. At least that was real. You said Bemidji? I think Bemidji <laughs> is something, isn't it? No, that's like something you just completely made up. Bemidji, Minnesota. Just looked it up. Oh, yeah. It's right next to Schumer. Her, her, her. Yeah. <laughs> They're like right, you know, opposite sides of the tracks. <laughs> you from Bemidji? No, you're from... Oh, you know, Jeff Hart, already seen. <laughs> so we're all going possibility of Enzo and Cass, but you never really know if they're actually going to be able to pull it off. 
And it's going to take us into part six. Click on that one for Apollo Crews versus Baron Corbin. Apollo Crews versus Baron Corbin is the next match we're going to talk about here. I'm going 50-50 here. I don't know who's going to win this match. And uh, I used to be leaning just Apollo Crews was the obvious choice, but now I'm starting to think maybe Baron Corbin is the right way to go because it all sort of depends on who's going to win that world title match, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But Baron Corbin hasn't really been like that top guy challenging for a belt yet. So they've been teasing Apollo Crews a little bit. I think it's a little too easy to give him the win. I'm starting to lean more towards Baron Corbin here. I know that Sean would be happy about that since that's his one to watch. Still got a tiny bit of time for him to make a big splash on the main roster. You never know. But way go. I'm going to start off with you. Do you think Baron Corbin's winning or is it just going to go to Apollo Crews? Hmm. That's a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to go with Apollo Crews. I think they've got a lot of stock invested in this guy, and I see him feuding with Samoa Joe in the near future, and it may be for a belt. Hmm. Drew, what do you think? Is this Corbin's time to kind of like boost himself up? Eh, not necessarily. I think uh, Apollo Crews will end up winning, but would not be surprised if Baron Corbin win. Both of these guys can really use the win right now. But I think Apollo Crews needs it more because I think he's the bigger star out of the two of them. So can we just would... com- can we just compliment that Corbin's gotten really fucking good though? He's gotten yeah. so much better. Yeah, like, he's very he's not ready, you know, for like a main event push or anything like that by far. But Baron Corbin went from being a guy who wrestled thirty second matches maximum and was still looking a little bit weird to a legitimate NXT superstar. He's Teaming better than him too. with Rhino was fucking genius. That did wonders for him. That helped him out a lot, yeah. The student-teacher mentality definitely worked. Yeah, I buy into Baron Corbin now. I don't know how far he's really going to go, because it seems like he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and you know, maybe maybe some of that's scripted, I don't know, or whatever like that. But on breaking ground, he seems a little bit different from a lot of different people. And just in general, he, he has a different vibe about him, which could either be a real good asset, or it could be something that's detrimental to him, and I don't know. I mean, I'm buying into him a lot more than I used to, so that's why I'm willing to give him a little bit more of an edge when it comes to Paul Cruz, who, Cruz, he's going to win titles. I mean, it's obvious. Cruz is awesome. But, Peyton, what do you think? Is this going to be just an Apollo Cruz win, or is there potential for Baron Corbin to kind of step his game up Baron Corbin definitely needs a big win. He he was pretty much undefeated for a long period of time, and he's kind of going on the back burner lately. And I agree, this this is a guy who stepped up his game so much, and I think deserves a, a big run as a heavy heel. The problem is, their number one heel right now is Samoa Joe, and I don't think that they're going to deviate from that for a while. So I, I think more than likely they're going to be building Apollo Crews as the next big baby face to take the place from Finn Balor after he moves on to higher pastures. Hmm. So, I mean, match aside, when it comes to the predictions of who's going to win and stuff like that, are you guys excited for the match itself? Just, you know, pure in-ring action? Does Cruz versus Corbin seem like it could be a good matchup? I don't think the Apollo Crews excites me right now. I don't, expect, awesome. I don't expect great things, but I am going to keep an open mind and see what these guys can do. Drew, what do you think? 
good match, possibly match of the night? Nah, I don't think it possibly be a match of the night. I think if they were going to go to that level, they needed some type of stipulation with it. But for a match, I I think I can I could dig this. I, they could definitely go out and put on a very good like middle of the show match. Alrighty, guys, as I said before, leave your comments below. Tell us what you think is going to end up happening here. This is going to tie a lot into our main event thing, but we're going to get that uh, get to that in part eight. We have one more match we have to talk about before we get to that, which is going to be the Women's Championship, Bailey versus Nia Jax. Click on part seven to find out what we think about that match, and we'll see you there. As I mentioned in part six, the match that we're going to talk about for part seven here is Nia Jax getting a shot at the women's championship that Bailey has right now. And this is as far as you can get from one side to another. These two don't match up at all, which means we're either going to get a squash match or Nia Jax is going to be really just, you know, she'll get a drop kick and stand there and wobble back and forth and whatever. And I'm going to be the sourpuss about this. I don't have high hopes for this match. Part of it's because Nia Jax has not been around long enough. Part of it's just because I don't buy into the idea that Bailey has a shot against her. And I think that she's going to win it. So if they book it in a certain way where they can get around it, maybe it's not going to be as bad. But what I don't want to see here is Bailey hitting these like elbows on Nia Jax where it looks like each one of them is like going to knock her out kind of a thing and stuff. Bailey's like a fourth, maybe a fifth of her size. It should be a two-second squash match, and if we don't get that, then it's going to be kind of kind of weird. And even if we do get it, I'm not going to enjoy it and all that. So, uh, Peyton, you're usually the most optimistic person here. I know you're a fan of Bailey. Can this be a good match? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bailey's extremely talented. I mean, she has had two of the all-time greatest Divas matches in the history of the company. Uh, not to say she's just going to be able to go out there and have a great match with anybody, but it's not like Nia Jax is total dog shit. She's relatively good, especially for shit. a woman of her size. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's talented in her own right. She's still learning, and she has a lot to learn. I think it's almost a shame they put themselves into this position. I almost feel like doing anything other than her getting a dominant victory over Bailey would be a mistake mm-hmm. with the way they booked themselves into this. Um, they can still make an entertaining story out of that, though. You know, you could still have a, a long battle of Bailey fighting as the underdog, trying to win. Think Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn won. How amazing that match was! But that was basically a squash match. Think uh, Brock Lesnar and John Cena at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Squash match, but still a fun match. So it's possible, and. I, I think Bailey definitely has it in her, and Nia Jax, I haven't learned enough of, but she may. So let, let, let's be optimistic, and let's see what these women can pull out, because the the women have rarely let us down in NXT. So let, let, let's, let's check it out. I definitely have more faith that these two in NXT can put on a good match than if this was on the main roster, that's for sure. But you mentioned before about uh, the idea of booking it already and like kind of like jumping the gun a little bit with um, Nia Jax. I was thinking that we were going to get Eva Murray here. Were you kind of thinking the same thing before all those taping uh, results ended up being posted? Well, it unfolded on TV for me, but I wasn't sure that that was where they were going to go. But I know that she won the number one contendership or was handed it, however it happened. Um, But I didn't think that's what they would do for London because I knew London would crap all over it. You had to have something that was going to have a little more buzz to it. And her against... 
a highly insurmountable opponent like Nia Jax, I, I think that's better. Do you agree and about the real that? Real money Wigo? is in a matchup uh, uh, with Asuka. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. We go now. Is Nia Jax a good option, or should they just gonna should they have uh, just gone with Asuka? Hmm. My biggest issue with Nia Jax is she's green as goose shit. There's still a lot. She's still getting the fundamentals down. She shouldn't be wrestling for the title. Mm-hmm. She should be doing squash matches, getting used to working in a live crowd. I'm sure Bailey can get a decent match out of her, but or in one that's not going to like repulse me. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not too confident that this match is going to be any good. I think Asuka would have been a better idea, but again, they debuted these girls very close together, and they haven't had much time to um, grow on the roster. Maybe Emma was a better option to go with. So, Drew, have you watched Nia Jax's matches yet? Eh, no. Do you know anything about, like, uh, her? Th- yeah, like her, her in-ring performance or anything like that? Well, I know from what you guys said, I've seen highlights, and they weren't really much of highlights. So, uh, for the most part, it might suck, but at the end of the day, if Bailey picks up a win, I can't be too disappointed. Well, since I, I thought that you probably hadn't had seen it, because I know that you mentioned before that you haven't really been checking out NXT all that much, and she is pretty new. So having not seen her wrestle and not really having that much of a predisposed idea about what her her range is and stuff like that, just looking at Bailey's size and Nia Jax's size, I mean, they used to sell matches back in the day of just, this guy's really big, don't you want to watch him wrestle? Is it something where Bailey versus somebody five times her uh, her size and weight is that interesting enough on its own? I mean, it is. Bailey works best a lot of the times uh, working that underdog type of thing. Nia Jax is built right. You can easily do that right now with Bailey, even though she's the champion. So, I mean, they they pulled out with Daniel Bryan a number of times being the underdog. Bailey can do the same. She chased the title. You know, they could easily drop the title off her and have her chase again. She's a very good chaser. So I'm going to pose this to anybody who wants to jump in. If Nia Jax loses, no matter how she loses, whether it's Bailey getting a clean win or maybe she loses by like some kind of distraction or whatever the case may be, does that hurt Nia Jax more and have to have her go back to the very beginning and build herself back up again? Or is she, by default, just kind of this number one contender for her size? How about that, then? Well, there's the thing about wrestling is, how do you determine what the number one contender is anyway? There, there's no official rules for that. There's no standings. I mean, who's the number two contender? Who's the number three contender? None of that really matters. It's You can make the number one contender anyone you want at any time in any fashion that you want. Nia Jax was made the number one contender because she's a hot item right now and because, hey, she's doing big things. We have a champion. Let's put them against each other and let's make that a headline match. So that that's all that is. You don't think it'll hurt her too much if she loses? No. I mean, they, they did the same thing with Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews is still awesome. Yeah, they could easily pull the... Uh, she's not Maybe she's not ready to be a champion yet. She needs more work to do. You can easily do that with her. So let's go around here and say who we think is going to win this match: Drew, Bailey, or Nia Jax. 
I will go with Bailey, but I might have to go with either a DQ win or a win that just comes out of nowhere. I don't. I would. I will be interested to see her do a belly belly to belly with her though. <laughs> belly to belly on Nia Jax. All right, if they can pull that off, that's going to be really impressive. Wago, is it's uh, title change or not? I think they're going to pull the trigger. Unfortunately, um, and I feel bad because they painted themselves into a corner. Like, what the fuck? Why would you put her this early for the title? Bailey hasn't had a chance to get a run, and she hasn't had a chance to get any momentum. This is actually one of the first times where I'm just like, the fuck WWE? Why are you fucking NXT up? Hmm. Peyton, Bailey going to retain the title? Or is Gable going to come and just retain it for her? You know, it can really go either way. I'm pretty sure that it's going to go to Nia Jax just because why would you have her lose in any fashion? Other than there there is a, a variable to this, and that is Eva Marie has been hanging by the side of Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that relationship. So maybe she can have an influence on this somehow causing Nia Jax to lose. Or at least get disqualified to where she doesn't get the title. Yep. That's exactly what I'm going with here. I think that Eva Marie is going to insert herself into this match. Like, Nia Jax will be playing around with Bailey. Bailey will be trying to fight it out. You know, she'll get a couple hits in here and there. Nia Jax will just throw her back down again or whatever. And Eva Marie is going to do something. I don't know what exactly, but I think she's going to either... Maybe she's going to, like, get involved in it. Bailey's going to, I don't know, piss Eva Marie off, and Eva Marie's going to slap Bailey, and she wins by disqualification. Or maybe Nia Jax actually gets pissed off at Eva Marie for trying to hog the spotlight, and something happens, and Bailey gets this weird roll-up or whatever. I don't know, but Eva Marie is the X-Factor. And if she doesn't show up, I can't see a reason why Nia Jax doesn't win the title. And then we'll just kind of have to see where it goes from there. And if it's whether, uh, if it's a good idea or if we look back and go, God damn it, you fucked up Bailey's reign. But leave those comments below. If you think any of those suggestions are something good or you have any other ideas you'd like to see WWE do, you know, play Fantasy Booker, why not? We have one more match to talk about for NXT TakeOver London. So part eight is going to be for the NXT Championship. Last match on the card, the main event for NXT TakeOver London is the NXT Championship, which will be defended by Finn Balor against Samoa Joe. And we kind of talked a little bit about this in our Apollo Crews Baron Corbin thing, because I think we all have the same idea here. Whoever wins the one match, it influences the other match, and either we get Apollo Crews built up towards the title in some fashion, or we get Baron Corbin possibly going up against Finn Balor in the future. You know, there's there's possibilities here. But it seemed like everybody was kind of going with the idea more so that Samoa Joe is winning the belt here. And uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But I'm going to let you guys talk about this first. And uh, Drew, I'm going to start off with you. Is this the time for Samoa Joe to win the belt, or should it stay on Finn Balor? Absolutely, it's about the time to... Uh, you know, Kevin Owens was a pretty dominant heel. Samoa Joe is a lot like Kevin Owens in that retrospect. And uh, Finn Balor has served his time in NXT. I think it's about time he starts getting prepared for the uh, main roster, so to speak. Samoa Joe could just be down there with the title, help uh, could build and, uh, you know, complete some of the younger talent, like a Baron Corbin who's not as uh, crispy cream or green. But Baron Corbin's I think it... not a crispy cream, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> sure. But anyways... 
Yep, I would not be mad if Samoa Joe won. I think it makes sense. And yeah, Finn Balor's probably going to go up to the main roster soon. Wago, would uh, a Finn Balor title change here piss you off? I mean, it's been five months. Oh, I'm perfectly fine with him dropping the belt. I think it's... I'd love to have a heel-dominant champion on NXT. Um, they did it with Kevin Owens to some aspect, but I felt Kevin Owens' reign came to an end too short. Um, I think Joe can bring a lot out of the baby faces too on this roster. The guy's a veteran, so... Um, I think he could do wonders for the NXT as a champion. Plus, I think it's time for Finn to come Also, something that we talked about earlier was how, you know, Dallas might be the next takeover. I think there might be a, t- a takeover in between somewhere at uh, Full Sail. Maybe it's late January, early February type of the ordeal. They could easily uh, flip-flop the titles back and forth and then do like the grudge match at Dallas. I think they could easily do something along those lines. Well, Peyton, do you think that we're going to get another takeover, or do you think that this is the time to switch a champion over, build Finn Balor up for a little bit? And I mean, if we get him coming up to the main roster, we were talking earlier, you either bring him up before WrestleMania or you wait until after Dallas. What do you think is a better option? Or you just keep him in NXT. Could always do that. Okay, well, you threw like 10 questions at me there. Um, <laughs> what would you do with Finn Balor? I don't Balor? think they're going to do another... I don't think they're going to do another takeover. Uh, I, I think it'd be way too many too close together, especially because that one that's going to be in Dallas is supposed to be one of your bigger ones. So you want to spend a long time building that doesn't mean they can't do another title match in between. They've done title matches on the regular NXT shows and you know, they'll have one or two in between the takeovers that are like a little bit bigger shows where they'll have that match and another bigger right. match on it. So it's not out of the question that they could do that. I, I just don't see Joe winning this. I don't think that there's a need for him to have that title. I do think Balor can lose it maybe a little later because he is someone you want to bring up to the roster soon because I I think they have big plans for him when they do. I just don't see the need to put it on Joe. I I think there's so many better options. And Apollo Crews is someone I saw as a great option they could look to to go with that. I know they already did that match, but that they could build a rematch for that. Like Apollo Crews got himself more experience and now he's coming in again. Aaron Corbin would be a good one to go with. Uh, Sami Zayn's back in the mix down there, although he's another one I think that should be brought up sooner than later. I just don't see it for Joe. See, Sami Zayn's involvement is something that I'm curious about because if he's coming back to NXT, then there's not as much of a need for Finn Balor as there was before. No, I mean, they could keep Finn Balor around. They can have Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, and Apollo Crews as the top three babyfaces, and that's perfectly fine. But if they do keep Sami Zayn there, then Finn Balor isn't as important as he was. And the idea of a heel champion becomes much, much more important. So that kind of boosts the credibility of Samoa Joe winning uh, here, I think. But, I mean, the April Dallas show, it's four months away, but those four months can go pretty fast. I'm thinking more so than anything here, Finn Balor is retaining and dropping it at Dallas. That way he'd be able to come up after WrestleMania. And I don't know who he would be dropping it to, but we could have like a fatal four-way, maybe. And that could be something where maybe Apollo Crews wins it, or maybe Samoa Joe wins it there or whatever. But I, I think that they're also a little bit hesitant to put it on Samoa Joe because he still is sort of an outsider. I mean, he's 
he signed a deal. He's in WWE. He's been there for a couple months now, so that's cool. But giving him the championship might not happen right now, or ever, actually. But I think it'll eventually happen. So, bottom line, when it comes down to it, I mean, it, it's going to be one or the other. It's either Finn Balor is retaining or he's not. So, Wago, is it going to be Samoa Joe or is it going to be Finn Balor? I'm going to go with Samoa Joe. Drew? Samoa Fett. Payton? Balor. Balor. <laughs> I'm going to go with Balor as well. So we're split there. Leave your comments below. Tell us if you think it's going to go one way or the other. Maybe you'll help sway our opinions before TakeOver. And as I have said before, we're going to be doing TakeOver stuff uh, when TakeOver actually ends up happening. It's earlier than normal for those who don't know about the time switch and stuff. Since it's in London, it's not going to be 8 o'clock at night. So if you're interested in checking out our post show, we're going to be doing that in the afternoon. Or, well, if it starts at 4 o'clock, it'll be a little bit at night. But that's going to be happening earlier than it normally would. It's not going to be 1 in the morning or anything like that. And, uh... We're going to have our live coverage of the event during the day on SmartOutMoment.com itself. So go check out those things when they end up happening. And uh, hopefully it'll end up being better than TLC, as good or if not better than this Monday Night Raw that we just talked about on the Monday Night Raw post show. Go back and check that out too while you're at it. So we have one more thing that we need to do for this episode, and that is the Fantasy League coming up in the next part. So stay tuned, everybody, because that's coming up next. Last thing of business for us to take care of for this episode is the Fantasy League. TLC just happened, so hopefully that might have changed some of the scores up a little bit here and kind of rooting for that Tony Mango team to go up there. But I don't know what happened, so I'm going to pass this over to Mike Payton. Payton, what happened? Thumbs up for me. Well, TLC, TLC marks the end of our eighth session out of 11. So we're getting to the tail end, the home stretch. How do things lie out at this point? I will tell you. Drew White was very lucky to have picked up the second most amount of points in Session 8 and had a pretty damn good TLC. However, it is not enough to stop the fucking shitheaded losers from fucking shitheaded losing and being in last place with 757 points. However, they are catching up to the currently fourth place Sean Walker's Canadian Elephants with 894 points. Only a little over 100 points left for them. Tony Mangos, Tony's Tykes 2, still sitting nestled in third place with 1,484 points. However, it is a tight race. My uh, team, our time is now still in second, 1,496 points. I'll tell you that John Cena being out is really starting to hurt me. Hmm. (laughs) I got uh, 25 points on this last draw. Uh, It actually would have been 30 for the one this past week. You should keep him until the week that he's supposed to return, then you should pass him over to my team. I think that's what oh, we should okay. be doing here. Are you going to give me uh, both Alberto Del Rio and uh, everybody else? I totally will, because Del Rio is on Drew's team. Oh. <laughs> so you can take him on Drew's team. <laughs> Drew's team is actually doing really well this session. So, cool. Uh, and in first place, Stephen Wago's Ricky the Team Boat, 1,580 points. It's only going to be getting better for Roman Reigns, unless, of course, he does end up getting fired at some point. Really, really well, stressful just... times for that team, even though they're in first place. Oh, he just won the title, so um, when you update the scores next, I'm hoping it's going to be he's not going to get fired. Yeah, I know. It's so cool Steve Austin got fired when he was the champion. True that. And look at this. He they just won the title twice. Up. Maybe he's going to get fired twice. 
You're rehired. You're fired. You're rehired. You're fired. Just destroy your team. All right. Well, let's uh, see what type of trading and substitutions we want to do. We reset the waiver wire based on scores with the new session. So, Drew White, you got the first dibs. I'm not seeing much out there, so I'm going to pass. All right. Holding on to that for now. Sean Walker would be next. He's not here. Tony, what do you got in your mind? Drew, are you interested in Tyler Breeze? Maybe. Who do you want? Uh, I mean, obviously, I would like to get Del Rio, but I'm also a little bit interested in Big E. Nah. All right, fine then. Fuck it. Tyler Breeze, gone off my team. Xavier Woods, you're back, buddy. Wow. Going for that. Xavier Woods replacing Tyler Breeze on Tony's Tots. Uh, next, to come to myself. I have no interest in any trades at the moment. Wago, anything for you? Nope, 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 All right, Drew, final chance. Anything else you want to do? I am still Anything good. you do want to do next time Breeze on the table? Nope. All right, Tony, anything else you want to do? Mm, nope, that's it. All right. Well, quick and easy this week. If you want to keep up to date with the scores, rosters, whatever the heck's going on with this, Check it out at www.wwefantasyleague.com. That means it's time for plugs. Drew, what's yours? Hey, you can follow me on the Twitters at Joseph White. Go to my Make Freaking Nookin on YouTube for me more. And for me, our pals for Shaughnessy 2K something something. Check out that me more. <laughs> if you want me more of Wago, where should they go, Wago? StephenWago.com, at StephenWago on Twitter. That's Stephen spelled for PH. Wago is spelled W A G O. And Peyton round us out. Follow me on Twitter at M-R-P-A-D-E-N. That's Mr. Payton spelled M-R-P-A-D-E-N. And for my plugs, everybody, go check out that rest hold. And uh, if you, for some reason, aren't going to check that out, then I just want to remind everybody that next week is going to be our last episode of Smack Talk for 2015. Because... The week after that is going to be the 2015 Smart Out Moment Awards, and that's going to be recorded on the 27th. Before the 27th is when we're going to shut off those polls because we can't be, obviously, collecting more polls when we've already recorded it and stuff. So make sure to cast your votes. And since next week is going to be the mailbag for our main event, send in those mailbag questions because the more questions we have, the more variety of questions that we have, too, funnier it'll end up being for an episode. That's our main event, and that's going to be our focal point. Next week, we're going to do the Ask Him, the Hot Tags, all that other kind of stuff as well. You know, same old, same old. And the next time you're going to hear us, though, is going to be the NXT TakeOver post-show. That's going to be coming up Wednesday night. So if you are interested in that, make sure you pay attention to what's going on there on all the different channels and the social media accounts and whatnot for Smart Out Moment and everything else under a mango tree. And if you are into the Star Wars side of things, then Fanboys Anonymous is the place that you want to go. Uh, I'm going to be going to see that on Thursday, so you can expect to see a Minuteman review, you can expect to see a review point later on, and some other articles and stuff like that. So I know it's not uh, wrestling related, but I know that Star Wars is something that a lot of people are interested in. So for the crossover audience that keeps forgetting that Fanboys Anonymous is out there, don't forget about this one, because this one's big. And that'll do us in for episode 213 of Smack Talk. Thank you all for listening, everybody. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up, like this video, and all the other ones from this episode, and the past ones, too. Why not? They help. So, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out.
So for this outro, we got a fan submission. Awesome Piano Man is going to show off his awesome piano skills. So enjoy, everybody. There comes a time when you get a certain call when a bell plays more in our ears, our hearts. The eliminator is turning in this grave. Shove in your mouth a massive meatball pump. You can't go on when you're there to ramble on. It's my talk at the silent window of doom. It's a waste of time. We just watched three hours. So please sign up for the chat room. Take care of the world. Take care of the children. Take care of the world. So we can listen. <laughs> to the that eats some tater tots And this is the outro So don't count me Yeah <laughs> Nicely <Very well> done <laughs> Yeah but you lose some points For fucking filming yourself like a douchebag Turn your camera <laughs> sideways <laughs>